Welcome to the Ralph Moore Podcast. Gain a leadership advantage as Ralph pulls wisdom from his bag of over 50 years' experience in planting and leading multiplying churches. Our goal is to help you live as a leader you'd want to follow. You'll learn about making disciples and planting churches, but beyond that, you'll gain practical wisdom about subjects like how to manage your team, handling difficult people, pulling a congregation off a growth plateau, and even money management. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm interviewing a really longtime friend of mine, Randall Kalama. I've known him since he was a student in high school, and his beautiful wife, Annie. Uh, Randall is a policeman. Annie is uh, an administrator in the public school system in Honolulu, and they have planted a church that's a pretty exciting thing. Uh, sometime back, uh, a microchurch went into a really difficult area of town, and we're going to have a lot of fun today. I want to ask you about a, a church that you guys started, pretty much using your own money, your own motivation. Uh, again, it was one of those things that I love to hear about. I heard about it after the fact, and I, I, to me, that's uh, one of the things that I hammer on in these podcasts and in what I, what I blog about, too. There's too much um, permission giving, which really results in permission withholding in churches. And I know that you, we were close. um, You were part of our staff team. You did a lot of things while you're a policeman. But the two of you just went ahead and and, and launched something in Chinatown, which is Honolulu's, what we call Skid Row. Um, Just tell us where you got the inspiration, how you went about it, how you funded it the things that happen, just kind of take some time and talk, both of you. Okay. Yeah. So it really was born out of, um, there was a shooting in Chinatown, um, like a gang style shooting that you rarely see in Hawaii, you know, like uh, two gangs, rival gangs, Samoan gangs, and they were using like automatic weapons. So, you know, you don't see that a lot here in Honolulu, you know, it's very rare. So that kind of jarred me a little bit as a police officer then that this happened right here in, you know, our community. And I just felt the Lord was saying it was simple. It's just my people need to be there. You know, my presence needs to be. And so it started, they would have these first Friday events in Chinatown. So we just said, hey, let's go down on first Fridays. There's a lot of people down there. Let's walk around and prayer walk, pray for Chinatown. You know, so it started with a few guys from uh, Hope Chapel back then, maybe like four or five of us. And we just went down there and prayed for China. So first Fridays is an event that they, all the galleries um, in Chinatown and restaurants would put on this event to draw people to come down to Chinatown to, you know, patronize the restaurants to come to the art galleries. So you get a lot more people than you normally would that would come down there. And it's, you kind of have a mixed culture. You've got the street people, homeless people, mm-hmm. the addicts. Yes. And then uh, mm-hmm. at the same time, there's gentrification. People are trying to rebuild the place, mm-hmm. restaurants, art galleries, all of that. And of course there were people on the street that were just living on the street that we would come up to and just ask for prayer. And they would, most of them would say, yeah, you can pray for me. And, you know, and there's, um, but it became apparent because we'd come back the next first Friday, a month later, because, you know, and we'd see the same guy that we met on the street. His name was for one guy we met was spider was his name. <laughs> and I would say, Hey spider, you know, like, and he'd be looking at me like, who are you? And he'd be like, Oh yeah, the church, church people, you know? So it became apparent that we needed to be down there more consistently to build relationships because they forgot who we were after like a month, you know? So it was at that point we started to pray to see how we can be down there more consistently, like maybe weekly. And at that point we started praying about Lord, if you want us to be down here um, to occupy space 
show us what that looks like. And um, Vianney can share a little bit about that because she was part of that as well. But. So we, we actually thought we might move there. So we looked at a couple of apartments and didn't really feel like uh, we found anything that would fit. We also had Randall's kids um, regularly. So a little bit worried about being in a community didn't find a place that we thought would, would work for all of us. Mm -hmm. So we um, started looking for a place to rent. And Randall and I are not business people. Mm -hmm. I'm an educator, he's a cop. We're not business people. So we don't really know how to do this, mm -hmm. uh, but we're just taking down numbers. We see for rent signs and windows of mm -hmm. empty places. And so we just start calling around and we found one that we thought we might, be, uh, might work for us. So we called the realtor he was pretty um, um, hesitant and he shared with us later that he thought we might be a front and we might be renting it for mm -hmm. um, like a game room or a front for, for drugs. Because what we told him when we said we want to rent it was, we're not really sure what we're going to do. God's just called us out here and we might do a coffee, maybe art. We're not really sure. So we didn't have a, a plan other than to be there. Mm -hmm. So he sort of thought that was suspect. Well, it turns out later that he um, is, was a Christian. Mm -hmm. He was part of a church and he was very instrumental in helping us get the place. Mm -hmm. We had set aside a certain number in our budget that we could pay every month. Mm -hmm. um, and so when we told him that was our amount, he said, I think it's renting for a lot more, but mm -hmm. I'll give this number to the owner. Mm -hmm. So we said, okay. And uh, the owner came back and said, yeah, we'll rent it to you for that much. So um, we got the place. Uh, it turns out that it used to be a game room. Um, and a game room is a place where, you know, because gambling is illegal in Hawaii, that they would gamble in there, but they would also sell drugs and do other things um, in that place. So that's what that space was used for prior yeah so an appropriate space so, for a church to go into yeah <laughs> absolutely we thought that was so cool that god would give us that space yeah. and we actually had people that would come in uh later on as we established it and said oh yeah i remember coming in here and there was a couch right here mm. and you know we said okay we don't want to hear anymore yeah, yeah, yeah but um so we um essentially gutted the place mm -hmm. uh we cleaned it all out. We put, uh, cleaned out the floor. We took out the old tiles. Mm -hmm. um, we painted everything and it took us a while. We started just us and our children mm -hmm. and then God put different people mm -hmm. uh, at different times to come help mm -hmm. clean it out. And one of them was um, a guy that goes by the name of Bonsai. Mm -hmm. uh, he was very well known in Chinatown. And I have to tell you that um, he scared the heck out of me at first because he was on drugs a lot mm -hmm. and he yelled. I couldn't understand anything he was saying mm -hmm. and he was just aggressive mm -hmm. and he would stop by periodically and peek in to see what we were doing. Mm -hmm. It was kind of nosy that way. Mm -hmm. um, he would take from us what he could. And of course, at that point, I'm like, how would you want <laughs> <laughs> take whatever you want? Um, but he eventually got to the point where he started helping us mm -hmm. And then he became a regular. Mm -hmm. And in the end, he would come, he would bring people in. Mm -hmm. um, he's an amazing story, but mm -hmm. he uh, learned how to sing Amazing Grace and called Randall his sidekick mm -hmm. and would take Randall everywhere to sing Amazing Grace to people. Yeah, so we had these 
people from YWAM that would come on some Fridays and help us. It was neat because they'd show up in like 20s or, you know, 30s at a time. And so a lot of these YWAM people would get married in Hawaii and they knew Banzai as well. So they, Banzai as his gift to them would say, I want to sing Amazing Grace at your wedding. <laughs> so I remember one, there was a beach wedding out in um, Makaha somewhere. And so we drove out there with Banzai and he sang in front of hundreds of people. And I was playing there and singing Amazing Grace, you know, and he couldn't sing to save his life, you know, off key, everything. But, but people saw the power of God in him just to transform, you know, he's missing teeth and just, you know, but singing Amazing Grace, belting it out uh, unashamed, you know, and just, just a powerful testimony. But that's what he did for several YWAM, uh, YWAMers because they got married and stuff. So that was kind of neat to see that. You know, I want to interject here. Um, you're, you're, you're playing guitar in support of a homeless guy missing a lot of teeth doing drugs who's 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 interacting with jesus and he's blessing people but what the people who are listening to this need to know is that randall was a worship leader one of the major worship leaders in a very big church that we were pastoring in kanye hawaii and um this this kind of humility is the kind of thing that i think qualified you guys especially both of you very humble people uh, both of you are very productive people you've got some huge achievements in your life and and yet you're willing to do this uh, incredible ministry it, this is very exciting um, one of the problems that we have a church I, I think one of the problems with our church um, I mean we're ethnically we're very diverse you know the whole country's trying to figure out how to do that well in Hawaii it just kind of comes naturally uh, my my thrill, and I mean, ethnically, you guys are Randall. You're Hawaiian. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Annie, what are you? Chinese. That's what Chinese I call and Maui. Yeah, or uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, a little a little mix to it. it, a little mix of everything. We, we, you know, we all mm-hmm. are. I, I, I'm I'm European chop suey, but um, but we're but we were a middle class church. You know, whether it's a Friday night rock and roll service or a Saturday night mm-hmm. old folks thing. Your dad was our mm-hmm. our pastor to the yeah. time setters, the, all that, uh, mm-hmm. former policeman. And uh, as, as as you, you look at it, I, I'd take pride. I'm the white pastor. And sometimes the whole worship band, 13 people, there's not a white person up there. That's what I wanted to have happen. But the problem with all of us is that is we tend to do church with people who look like us. And we may be ethnically diverse, but we look very middle class. And, and so you guys were completely getting out of that stereotype. And, and I think this is the message, the life message that you, you bring, the, the message, of course, this podcast. Uh, of, of, most of us don't even see those people. Um, in what you just described, it took a, a gang shooting for you to see it. Um, but there are, there are all these different kinds of people group that, you know, the Bible uses the word, Jesus used the word in Greek, ethne, which means nations. But what it really means is people groups. It's not like France and Italy, and it's not like um, our ethnicity. It's, it's what makes us gather together with other people who are like us. And there's so many groups like that, that are, are just, overlooked in the, in the world that we're in and churches are are struggling right now because especially uh the pandemic has uh disrupted everything in a very wonderful way i think because it's it's a, it's allowing it's forcing 
people to rethink, you know, what, what are we really? And are we really the church? So tell us, um, tell us more as, as the ministry developed, uh, how did it develop? How did you, I mean, take us from painting onward. Take your time. I can start. We, you know, when we first started, Ralph, we thought we knew all these people in our, our life group and our, our mini church that we thought would um, step up and help mm-hmm. us. You know, oh, this guy will, will help us with our finances. This guy can help us with, you know, um, um, worship. I mean, we just had all these ideas in our head and it didn't work out that way. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to come with us. <laughs> so it was just us. And we um, finally got the place open. We started with collecting uh, clothes and, you know, folks are really generous and they want to just give you things that you can give out. Mm -hmm. Um, And we learned quite quickly that that was not what people needed Mm -hmm. down in Chinatown. Um, So we we just started opening up on Friday nights. Um, We did coffee. We stopped at the grocery store and got some pastries and Randall uh, did worship and we just welcomed anyone in. Mm -hmm. And it was just a few people coming in once in a while. Um, Bonsai got to the point where he would go recruit folks and bring them in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it started out with just, just me and Randall and our children. Mm-hmm. Um, but God brought people. Mm-hmm. We met people down there um, when we were walking the streets. They were walking the streets mm-hmm. who said, yeah, we're trying to find a place that we can just um, um, have a, as a base or a home base. And mm-hmm. we said, well, we have a place. Mm-hmm. So we met a couple that way. We had another uh, gentleman who just showed up in our, at our doorstep and said, God called me to come down here to minister, and I didn't know where to go, and so they pointed me in this direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so God just brought people. He knew who he wanted down there. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, we didn't pick them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we started uh, Wednesday night, and then Kavika guys, mm-hmm. we met them. Mm-hmm. They started another night down there. Mm-hmm. They were doing movie night and preaching and mm-hmm. sharing God's word and loving on people. Mm-hmm. But it really just turned out in, to be a community where mm-hmm. we would show up. The volunteers who uh, God brought would show up mm-hmm. and then our friends down there and they would wait for us. We'd mm-hmm. get there at 637. They're waiting at the door. Mm-hmm. When we close up at 930, 10, they're still waiting at the door, walking mm-hmm. us to our car. Mm-hmm. And all we did was worship, mm-hmm. um, prayer, fellowship inside the building, mm-hmm. and then fellowship as we walked around and prayed for folks. Yeah, it was it was awesome because, um, you know, we have these ideas of what you think. So you think, oh, they need food or they need clothes or, and, you know, River of Life Mission, which is in Chinatown, they serve three meals a day. They're right up the street from where we were. So they had food taken care of. In fact, one guy told me like, oh, I know this church does pancakes on this day. So they know where to get food. They know where to get clothes. They didn't need that. You know, what really found apparently was that they just wanted someone to talk to, to see them as a person, you know, so we'd sit with them, have a cup of coffee and just say, like, how'd you end up here? You know, what's your story? And they just would, they would love to just talk to you and just, because, you know, if you think about it, the, the whole day there, people are avoiding them kind of across the street, you know, wait for just give them a dollar and just kind of like, you know, don't see them. <laughs> they just kind of hand them something and walk away from them, you know, but they just found there they can just people would talk with them pray with them they were a person you know and they they would even say like i can just come here for a few hours and not have to guard my stuff and feel like you know i can just come in here and just relax and or some people would just say i just see i feel like this light is coming from this place. you know like 
I was walking down that I just had I was drawn to this place because this light was just coming out of this place you know so it was just that simple it was just God's people you know because his spirit lives in us you know and it's just a collection of his people together is the church you know and so we were down in this place in this nondescript you know hole in the wall that used to be a former game room you know and music is coming out that's worshiping God you know and people are hearing that and it's just like they're drawn to God's presence you know and it was crazy because some nights we, you know, I, I close my eyes a lot when I play. So she, you know, in the beginning was just Annie and me and my, our stepdaughter, my stepdaughter or her daughter and a few other people, but I would close my eyes and there's like 10 other people in there and she's by the door and she's just like, praying, Lord, yeah. just keep us protected, Lord. There's, cause he doesn't see what's going on. And there's people that, you know, might be on drugs or, yeah. um, um, just whatever yeah yeah like angry mm-hmm. um but the lord protected us mm-hmm. he, he brought people that would stand by the door mm-hmm. and sort of and not by our our asking we didn't ask them mm-hmm. to uh they just knew that randall was worshiping and that it was just annie mm-hmm. so i'm gonna stand here and make sure that everyone's safe mm-hmm. um and ralph they became our family mm-hmm. became our friends they came over for christmas dinner mm-hmm. they would um we would um do holidays at the beach together. Mm-hmm. Um, they would come with us to family outings. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it was beyond just, it was our church family. They mm-hmm. became our church family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like Bonsai, who we mentioned earlier, he since went on to be with the Lord. We believe he's saved, you know, and uh, he passed a few years back and he was probably not very old. He's probably like in his late forties, maybe early fifties at the time. But lived on the street most of his life, probably 20, 30 years. Lived on the street. He had family here in Honolulu, but he just couldn't um, stay with them, you know. So he just he got saved, but he just ended up staying on the street and ministering, you know. Like the, there was a, a group from Salvation Army called Revolution Hawaii, which is kind of like their version of YWAM, and they would bring these young people from the mainland. They would come down and they would actually stay on the street in Chinatown at night, and Bonsai would stay with them and kind of watch over them, you know, to make sure they were safe and. And so he made friends with them and, you know, he just became everybody's with YWAMers and the Revolution Hawaii kids. And he just kind of was, you know, their, their friend, you know, that he, he just kind of befriended everybody. So just the transformation was so stark that other people on the street used to come up to us and say, what did you guys do to Banzai? <laughs> he wasn't this angry, crazy guy anymore. He was this big teddy bear, you know, he was inviting people to come in and, He's like, hey, PS150 is open. Come in, you know, get some coffee or whatever. He's yelling at the door, you know. Just um, so it was just the power of God, just um, evident. Just in, and that happened in several other guys. There was this other guy, Dave, and he was this, this crotchety old guy. And if he got you cornered, he talked to you about politics. He just talk your ear off and be like, to the point where you're like, man, it's Dave, you know. But <laughs> save me, save me. Yeah, but he said at one point, you know, um, you guys are the only family I have, mm-hmm. and. Um, he since went on to be, sorry, he since went on to be with the Lord as well, but I believe that he, we're going to see him again, you know, so just stuff like that, that it just, when we think back on PS150, it's just those people, it's just a few, you know, it's not like hundreds of thousands of people came, but it's just those people that we know that maybe they wouldn't have come to know the Lord if, you know, we weren't there, maybe, so. So this eventually came to an end. Can you explain how that happened? 
it's actually still going on down there. Just, just there's new leadership. We're not involved with it because we left and we were like, Lord, if you want this to continue, you're going to have to provide leaders. And so um, I don't know if you remember Johnny Zumi, he stepped up and that other guy, the gentleman that came down and showed up in Chinatown and said, God's calling me here. He stepped up, uh, owns a, a auto body shop. He stepped up as a leader. And then, so it continued as we left to go to the mainland for a few years. And, um, you know, John since went on to be with the Lord and, um, El still is involved down there somehow, but he's not in key leadership. So another woman that is goes to a church here has taken over and the space is still there. They're still doing stuff down there, but we're not, you know, we're not involved actively with it, but it's God's work. So, you know, we just told him if it's yours from the beginning, if you wanted to go keep going, then you have to open, you know, provide people. And it started in 2010. And I think that's when we started. So, oh, so 2010 so now is 11 years. Um, yeah. That, that is really, really wonderful, uh, bringing the love of Jesus into the streets of, of Chinatown. So, Randall and Annie, as, as, uh, I just want to say thank you for doing this. And as we come to the end of this thing, I know there are people who are going to have questions for you. And if they wanted to contact you, is, would you be comfortable giving them an email address? Is that something you could do? Sure. Yeah. So the email address is ps. 150 ctown at gmail.com. Yes, 150ctown at gmail.com. Okay, state that one more time and spell it. Yep, ps150ctown at gmail.com. Okay, thanks a lot. Thanks for doing this. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and check his blog at ralphmoore.net.